You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Monday episode of the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Brian Brown and I am one half of the dynamic duo that consists of the Locked On Utes podcast, bringing you sound from the scrimmage up on the hill on Saturday. We're going to give you Kyle Whittingham's interview in its fullness so that you can listen to all the details and nuances from what Whittingham had to say. We're also going to give you some Nick Ford highlights and some Britton Covey highlights in addition to that. We'll also recap a little bit of what happened over the weekend at the very end. Just giving it to you straight up here on a Monday. Hope you have a wonderful day. This is the Locked on Utes podcast for Monday, August 16th, 2021. Welcome to a Monday edition of the Locked On Utes Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We are brought to you today by Fantasy Live. Have fantasy football questions you need answered before your draft? Don't miss Locked On Fantasy Live on Wednesday, August 18th at 9 p.m. Eastern, streaming on the Locked On NFL YouTube page. Subscribe now so you don't miss it. Our stable of fantasy experts will answer your questions live or submit them ahead of time to at Locked On Network on Twitter. On today's episode of the Locked On News podcast, we are recapping the commentary from the scrimmage on Saturday. The University of Utah scrimmaged inter-squadly. Uh, that's not a word, but I, if I was doing this appropriately, I would have said had an inter-squad scrimmage instead of saying scrimmaged inter-squadly. Uh, you would think that after almost a year of podcasting daily, I would be able to say things like that. But here we are. It's why you love me. It's why I love you. You accept me in spite of my flaws. But you know what? Kyle Whittingham wasn't having any of the flaws. He was, uh, I, I don't, uh, Steve Bartle and I talked about it a little bit. I said he, he kind of felt a little bit salty, but maybe I will say it this way. I think he was disappointed because his beloved defense was shown up by the offense. And that was the prevailing theme from most of the comments uh, across the entire uh, media session. We were not able to watch anything, did get some tidbits out, uh, some some rumblings coming out from afterwards about who played well, who didn't. It's very evident that Tavion Thomas is impressing a lot of people up there, and for good reason. He is a very impressive back. Uh, but I'm going to let you listen to Kyle Whittingham's comments, comments in fullness because I think you get a better uh, understanding and better grasp of what Coach Whittingham had to say rather than me just recapping. So here it is, Kyle Whittingham speaking to the media after the scrimmage on Saturday. How'd it go? Went good. Good, clean scrimmage uh, for the first time out uh, with extensive live work. Uh, very pleased. A lot of good stuff. A lot of teaching moments, uh, situational teaching in particular. Both quarterbacks look good. The first two guys, it's going to be, it's going to be a close competition. I'm telling you right now, it's it's uh, neck and neck. Uh, you know, a lot of good uh, things out of the offense. The offense had the better day, and uh, yeah, we held some guys out on defense. Uh, Devin Lloyd, Mika Tafua. So, so the premier guys on D were not out there, but but uh, still, the offense had great juice, uh, a lot of passion. 
and uh, made plays really good in the in the throw game. That was the probably the uh, highlight of the day was uh, the production that we had in the throw game. You said previously that you wanted to get the QB situation straightened out sooner than later. Are you mm -hmm. able to share what uh, what the timeline? There is no timeline. Uh, Sooner rather than later is still is still uh, obviously optimal, but uh, it's close. It's so close right now. I can tell you, no, no decision will be made prior to next week's scrimmage, and then hopefully shortly thereafter it'll be made. But well, don't hold me to that because if, you know we're going to take as much time as we need. What's Brewer doing well? What's Cam doing well? They're both uh, throwing the ball very accurately. They're taking care of it. They're making good decisions. Uh, they're getting the tempo of the offense where it needs to be. They're uh, leading, you know, they're, they're both leaders, and uh, they're both making very few mistakes. You talked about how impressed you were at the throw game today, obviously outside of the quarterbacks, who's been standing out in the passing game? Yo, Howard had a very nice day today. The tight ends, all of them played well. Soloinus, Covey didn't play. Uh, Devon Vele showed up. Uh, J.D. Dixon, Jalen Dixon did some good things. Uh, just a uh, you know, I'm probably forgetting a couple guys. Uh, Tavion Thomas looked really good in the run game. He's uh, he's a load, and uh, so we got some things going for us. The offensive line protected well. That's that was really the catalyst to the run, to the uh, throw game today was the the protection by the front. Do you feel like you've got your first five in your offensive line yet? Not yet, not yet, because we still got some guys that aren't practicing, some guys that are going to most likely be in that top five, and so so it's still uh, probably a week away from being solidified. How's Bam looking left tackle? Bam's doing Bam's doing a good job. Bam is doing a good job. He's still got some things to work on, like everybody, but uh, he's physical and he's, uh, you know, he's tough to rush against because he's so long and and uh, just massive. He takes up so much space. You've mentioned Tavion Thomas a few times. Yep. Um, is he what you would consider to be a, a three-down back and all-around back right now? He's becoming that. He's becoming that, and I don't want to take away from what the other three are doing as well, because Chris Curry and T.J. Pledger and and Mackay Bernard are all three performing well, but. But uh, today in particular, uh, Tavion looked very good. How about the strong safety spot? Any separation with your three guys there? No, you know, we got four guys that are really vying for the, for the spots, uh, the two spots, Vontae Davis, Brandon McKinney, Kamoi Latu, and uh, there, there's two or three other guys that are they're battling for that fifth spot. And then uh, the other fourth spot, who's our young kid from Georgia? Come on, help me. Cole Bishop. Cole Bishop. I, I'm getting old. I, 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 <laughs> Cole Bishop is a is a great player for us, and and uh, he's the guy that uh, is also in that top four mix, and the fifth, sixth guys are trying starting to sort themselves out, but not yet. Who are your backup linebackers right now behind uh, Sewell? And, uh, That's Daniel. being sorted out as well. Uh, both Calvert boys are doing good. Josh and Ethan, uh, Jonah Ellis is doing a nice job. Trey Reynolds is doing a nice job. Um, Andrew Mataafa. Uh, Karani Reed, so there's about five or six guys jockeying for that uh, second uh, unit linebacking core. I don't think we've talked to you yet about Hayden, Hayden Fury as well. Your new punter? Started off horribly. He was absolutely brutal when we first got him. He's little, he was a little bit nervous. He, he doesn't know much about football. Now he's starting to kick the ball like we knew he was capable of. Had a very good day today. I think his average was well over 45 yards a kick, and uh, it looks like he's going to uh, can, if he continues to progress, looks like he's going to be a good one. Is he more of a rugby style guy? Is he more of a? Well, he can guy? he can do both. He can do both. Yep. I'm curious, Kyle. You said the scrimmage went well. What is it that you're looking for as a head coach from your guys during a first scrimmage? Clean execution by the offense. Very few penalties. Uh, not shooting yourself in the foot. Um, defensively, uh, running the football. 
uh, you know, showing great hustle, taking great angles. Uh, back to the offense, just the, the operation of it all, the substitution, clean in and out, not not having uh, getting bogged down by the substitution, not pressing the clock, not having the clock be three, two, one, you know, before you snap it, you know, with plenty of time. Just the whole operation, and uh, that was all very good today. And is that something that you guys have been working on in the last in the first couple weeks of fall camp? Oh yeah, absolutely. We have we play uh, every single snap. Uh, of 11 on 11 uh, in practice with a play clock. So we, we always address that. That's always a presence, and, and uh, you have to do that. And, uh, and the two-minute was very good today, too, with two-minute mechanics. And uh, just there's more. that we're, we're, The players have a better grasp right now of two-minute than, uh, than uh, you know we've had in the past. So I think right now two-minute is good. You've got some good young cornerbacks in mm -hmm. that defense side of the ball. How are things shaking out there? Well, Clark Phillips and J.T. Broughton are the two top guys. Those guys are uh, really, really playing well. And then Malone Mattelli is really doing a nice job at nickel. He's playing his best football for us. Fabian Marks, uh, Zamaya Vaughn, two guys that could go in in a heartbeat on the outside and, and really not have much drop-off at all. Uh, and then they've got three or four guys that are you know, trying to battling for that next, next uh, spot. Aaron Lowe is one of them, uh, LPJ. Uh, as another, so we've got some good competition there. There's competition at virtually every position, which helps. I mean, that means you got some depth, and uh, it makes everybody better. Along those same lines, you brought in a lot of talent over the last few years, and there's still that buy-in to the, the culture of competition here, which mm -hmm. you build your program on. What does that say that you're, you know, recruiting at a higher level, but you continue to to preach that that culture of competition? Well, it speaks to the uh, assistant coaches recruiting the right guys, and uh, it speaks to our players that are in the program uh, accepting and welcoming the new guys, and the new guys becoming us, us not becoming them, and that's something that we talk about all the time. Uh, new guys have bought into the to this to the. Uh, the fact that uh, they need this team more than this team needs them, that's got to be the attitude of every player and coach in the program. And so if you have everyone pulling in the same direction and, and uh, concerned with being a great teammate and uh, a coach that's unselfish and doesn't have an agenda, that's what we're looking for. Is there any sort of message you give to uh, Rising and Brewer as they head into their second competition? Just compete. Just compete. Don't press. You're competing against yourself as well as you know the other person. So just, just uh, be the best version of yourself every single day. No, no peaks and valleys. Be, be a steady performer. Is number three still ongoing between Peter and Jacqueline? Yeah, it's still ongoing, and and Bryson Barnes did some good things today, so he's not out of the mix completely for that spot either. But but that is still being uh, organized. Yeah. On day one of fall camp, you mentioned that this team showed a lot of characteristic leaderships as the 2019 mm -hmm. team. Do you still stand by that after watching them scrimmage? 100% stand by that, and that's uh, that's a mark of a team that has a chance to be really good is when it's governed from within and the players take ownership, and, and our guys, those upperclassmen, have definitely done that. Now that you've gotten a, a good look at the true freshman class, the most recent signing class with the, the new guys that have joined the program, how optimistic are you about the, the new guys on the program? Very much so. I think the future is bright here, and we have a we're heavy uh, loaded with uh, freshmen and sophomores. I'm, I've told you before. I think 70 something of the uh, 79, 78 of the uh, 93 scholarships are are in the uh, freshman and sophomore class. So it's a high number. I can't give you exactly, but it's an inordinate amount in those two classes, and uh, a lot of those guys are contributing right now. They're, they're factors for us. But how's that safety position shaking out? Shaking up good. Cole Bishop, I forgot that name earlier, <laughs> is doing a nice job. Kamoi Latu, Vontae Davis, Brandon McKinney, those are your top four. Not necessarily in that order. Final question, guys. Thank you, Jordy. You saved me.
Yep. Right. Have some, some experience there, Xavier Carlton, Van Hillinger, but uh, beyond that, what are what are your expectations? Well, we got. Uh, Mika Tafua, who's the headliner there, he's the, he's the leader of that group. You mentioned the two freshmen that are tremendous players in uh, X and Van. Miki Sugataranga is the next guy up, and then uh, it's a battle for that fifth spot. Uh, Tyler, we just show some really good things, although he's been on the shelf for a few days. We hope to get him back Monday. And uh, uh, Elijah Shelton is doing a nice job. So it's really a, a battle for the fifth and sixth spot, those last. And uh, we typically travel five or six, so we're trying to get that travel group uh, shaped up for the defensive ends. So there you have it. Not a lot of uh, groundbreaking information in terms of things that we haven't already been discussing and or talking about there. Uh, still inside of the quarterback position, I have been hearing that race is becoming a lot closer than people expected. And if your team thick boy, then you know why. Cameron Rising is incredible. Uh, I absolutely love Cameron Rising. He has been one of my favorites. I've talked about him a lot. Uh, I always felt like the coaching staff was going to favor Charlie Brewer because of a few different things, repetitive accuracy being one of them. And yeah, I know, everybody hates that term. Uh, it is what it is. But uh, the other part of it, too, was I always just felt like uh, Charlie Brewer was a little bit um, more suited for this offense, maybe would be a good way to say it. Uh, just his decision-making a little bit more advanced. But it seems as though Cameron Rising... Uh, a.k.a. the leader of Team Thick Boy, has really emerged and taken to the quarterback competition. And I think that, if you're a Utah fan, is very, very promising. Uh, you have to be excited about that. So, uh, Also, some updates about the defensive line. Still not a lot of position groups settled there. We did get one little tiny tidbit about Tyler Regis uh, not practicing or not being available he should be back on Monday. Um, we have not heard much else about injuries otherwise, which is either good or bad depending on how you view it because the only injuries that they normally talk about are those that are season-ending. So hopefully no season-ending injuries. Some comments about Bam Oleseni. Uh We have heard that, that his progress has uh, slowed down a little bit. Uh, sometimes that can just be part of camp. Uh, sometimes it can just be uh, you know the adjustment phase going in the first week of camp. So... Working on settling those offensive line things is going to be a process. It, it just really is. I don't know that you really feel uncomfortable drawing it out past the first week. If we're not hearing some positions being settled by next week, that's when it might be time to hit the panic button in terms of who the fourth or, or fifth starter really is who who we're going to be looking at because I think it's who are your top five? That, that's really what you need to decide in that group. Uh, also, I don't know that the p position battle at defensive end is going to be a problem because Utah is going to rotate there anyways, and they're going to give whoever wins uh, plenty of rest because they have depth, They, they because simply they can do it. But really what they want do, guys to do right now is to work hard and to continue to grow. More mention of Cole Bishop. Uh, yeah, he's just I, – I think he's going to be it. But that doesn't mean the guys behind him are struggling. So – that was Kyle Whittingham after the scrimmage on Saturday. And, you know, uh, it was nice being up there. Got to see the new stadium. Uh, got to see uh, the south end zone, I should say. Not the new stadium, because it's not a new stadium quite yet. Uh, but the south end zone. And I tell you what, the one thing that I really liked about the south end zone is uh, it was cool. We were inside. We were in the media room, and the AC was going. And the reason that it, I like when things are cooler is because I'm sweaty. And that's also why I like sweat block. 
And I got my sweat block package the other day, and I was super excited to try it. And gang, let me tell you, it is awesome. Sweat block is a doctor-created, doctor-recommended set of wipes that works for up to seven days per use. It gives you a dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. Featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by firefighters. So guys that are usually sweatier than I am, but probably not when they were running up to practice in Kyle Whittingham and started early. I promise that didn't happen on Saturday. Yes, it did. Bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years, over 13,000 reviews. And best of all, manufactured right here in the US US of A. As I said, I'm a sweaty guy. They sent me this package. It's got all sorts of great stuff inside of it. The deodorant, the sweat block wipes. I just put them on at night. Then I don't have to worry about perspiring. I just use the deodorant continually throughout that period. They sent some lotion that's amazing. I had no idea that lotion could be both that soft but also sweat preventive. I am already a huge fan of this product. So if you're somebody like me who gets sweaty or if you have somebody that you love that is dealing with this, uh, I literally only have to use sweat block once or twice a week. It keeps me dry the whole time. This is the way to go about it. Uh, no more worrying about getting stuff all over my shirts. No more picking shirts uh, based on which one will hide sweat the best. No more having to worry about any of that stuff. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock. You can get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or at Amazon and CVS. That's promo code locked on for Sweatblock. Back here on the Locked On Utes podcast, here on the Locked On Podcast Network, giving you sound from the scrimmage on Saturday. Up next, we have Britton Covey for you, obviously talking about the offense again, uh, recapping that. The offense clearly had the better day. It sounds like, from what I've heard from uh, sources surrounding the program, as we like to say, uh, the offense really took it to the defense. And um, you probably heard Kyle Whittingham mention that some of the defensive guys were sitting out. Uh, There were a few offensive guys that were sitting out as well. Uh, So I don't really know that that was that huge of a deal that, that, that guys were missing. Uh, I think Devin Lloyd probably summed it up the best where he said the offense just had a lot more juice and a lot more energy. And uh, some of it is really well described here by Britton Covey as he's talking to the media. He mentions, and and the first part of the sound got cut off just a little bit, but ask him how the day went and Britton said, or or why the offense had the most successful day. And Britton says, uh, leadership is the biggest reason. And I'll pick it up from there. Britton Covey, Saturday after practice at least from the offensive side of things i feel like uh, i haven't been a part of many scrimmages where i feel like the offense gets the better side of the defense part of the reason is because the defense is so has been so great in the past you know with some of the guys but i really feel like uh, the fact that we've got so many veterans on offense helped us a lot today to come in first kind of like live situation work um, and just be clean be efficient and be able to run from different sets, from empty sets to, you know, three tight ends, uh, the different sets, and that kind of veteran leadership I felt like was shown by both Cam, Charlie, uh, and the rest of the guys. How do you feel like the, the competition's going with those quarterbacks? It's, I mean, gosh, I'm glad I don't have to make the decision because they're both playing so well. You know, it's, I've said this many times before, but it's just wonderful knowing that it's not a competition where we're searching for a quarterback. You know, you're just desperate to find one. It's one where you've got two great guys, and uh, they they are both, you know, performing at a high level. And 
So, you know, we're going to have one of the best backup quarterbacks in the country. That's all I know. I don't know who the guy's going to be yet, but I know that we're going to have two great options. How much does the game change with either one of them? Are they pretty similar? That they, this, this the, they're pretty similar, uh, and they're, they're both pretty mobile as well, which is a positive thing. Uh, they both have the ability. They both have a great pocket feel, and I think Charlie's is because of just unbelievable ex amount of experience, right? But... Uh, I mean, they're not like a Tyler Huntley in terms of speed, but in terms of understanding, okay, it's third and eight, I can pick up the first down with my legs. That You know, there were a couple times when they did that this game, or this, this scrimmage, so I, that's really appealing. But they're very similar types of players. Kyle noted Theo Howard a couple of times when he yeah. talked to us. What have you seen from him since he's come in, and do you feel like he's up to speed with the rest of you guys who have been here? Absolutely. The, I mean, Theo had a great day today, but he's been doing well all camp. Uh, once again, people forget how good Theo was on the field. You know, at UCLA, he was an unbelievable player, had some bad luck with injuries at Oklahoma. But Theo's another guy with veteran skills. He goes out there and he has confidence. He's, there's not many situations he hasn't seen. Uh, and he's got some quick twitch to him. He, you know, he's just got some quick twitch to him. Uh, if we can get five or six guys in the receiver room, and I think we have five guys right now, and there maybe six, but five guys in the receiver room where there's almost no drop off at all. And, and you can rotate these guys in and out. Uh, it's, it's an unbelievable weapon to have. You can run go balls, take them out, and then put in another guy, corner's tired, and, and you got someone like me or JD in there, you know, so. Uh, Theo has definitely stepped up and he's earned that kind of title of one of the starters, first two guys, or first two groups type of guys. There's been some chatter during camp about this team comparing it to uh, the 2019 team. Uh -huh. What you're seeing out there, what leads you to believe that this group yeah. could be something special down the road? Um, I think there's got to be a leader in every position group for it to be similar to that team. And I think that that's kind of what we have here. You could go through every position group and name a veteran, a leader who has bought into the team and the classic you know, Whittingham mentality. Um, and I think that's what's similar to the 2019 team. You could go through every position group and name one or two leaders. Uh, and you know, it's too, too early to speak <clears throat> on, on how you'll perform, but you can speak on the players. And that's what I have confidence. I'll, I'll talk about the players all day long on this team. As someone who's been around a couple of first scrimmages, um, yeah. a part of today's, like just watching today's, what is something that you look for during first scrimmage? Like yeah. just what is something that stands out to you or you look for over the years? Well, like I said before, I haven't been a part of it. You know, I guarantee there's going to be a defensive guy that watches this and says, oh, Covey thinks the offense got better than defense. You know, Vianne <laughs> Moala was already joking around with me that they're going to kill us next week. But I haven't been around many scrimmages, especially first ones where the offense gets the better of the defense. And uh, so I, I, I don't know if I was not expecting that today, but just to be out, be out there and see that we weren't wide-eyed when it came real tempo. Um, granted, we held quite a few guys out just for being safe, letting some of the younger guys get opportunities. So that would have changed a big a big part of things had all of the starters been in. But when you have um, the first two groups just executing when the first time you go real game speed, it's really impressive. And I was I was pumped. What do you attribute that to? Why do you think the offense is so dialed in right now? The quarterbacks. I think I attribute it mostly to the quarterbacks. Um, it their confidence level rubs off on people, uh, and you're able to open the playbook in a way that 
makes it really hard to key on any one part of the offense. Uh, you know, as you're searching for your identity, you know, if you have a great quarterback, your identity can be a plethora of things. Uh, so when you can, you know, get one-on-one -on -one opportunities because they have to stack the box, um, you know, or when, when, you, when they have to go cover two because you've got such a great quarterback, that's when you start getting other position groups' confidence. You know, when the receivers aren't getting, you know, hardly any passes, it's hard to, it's hard to build that confidence and that trust. But when you've got the ability to do all these things, and that's why I attribute it to the quarterbacks. Written last year, that secondary was pretty inexperienced, coming with only five games of experience now. How do you, what's kind of your, your assessment of them going up against them this year? And what, what's changed as opposed to last year? Well, the good thing is, is I'd say the, the starting guys have great mentalities. And so they, they want to learn, they want to get better. You know that they're going to be good. I think that there are going to be a few growing pains to start. There have been. Um, but someone like Clark Phillips, JT Broughton, and then you go to the back end with Vontae Davis, Juan Mataele, uh, they have the right mentality. They just need some more, you know, live reps like this. Uh, I think that film study is one of the keys to just getting that. And, you know, I, I try and watch more film than any player in the country. And I feel like that gives me the edge mentally when I go out there. And I think that's what the secondary needs to do because they have all the physical gifts. I mean, you've ever seen JT Broughton run a 40-yard dash, he'll be blown away. He's got all the physical gifts. It's just the mindset and understanding your opponent that I think you only got to play four or five games last year. Um, understand how that gives you a bigger edge than anything physically, in my opinion. There you have it. Britton Covey talking about the offense's day after practice and a couple interesting comments there talking about how I, I think the biggest story of interest is without a doubt who's going to start at quarterback this is really turning into a, uh, a big battle uh, in that regard and I thought it was very fascinating how Britton mentioned that they were both very similar you'll hear Nick Ford in the next segment talk about that as well and how that helps uh, also really uh really liked hearing him talk about some of the younger guys and what they're going through and and how he is advising them and also what they need to do. And I think that is a really impactful thing for this team. And, and that's Britain mentioned at the very part, uh, beginning of the interview is that it, it's leadership. They, they haven't had this kind of leadership on the offensive side of the football. And some of it is having Britain there. I think some of it is some of the others, the other leaders that are st stepping up. I do believe that Charlie Brewer is a strong leadership presence on the team along with Cameron rising. I think, Nick Ford obviously has helped out a lot. Brant Keithy, Cole Fotheringham, there, there's just a lot of good leadership. I think Theo Howard has brought an edge about that as well. So uh, some really uh, insightful commentary there from Britt. He's been there long enough, so he can definitely give that in a very, you know, it was it was kind of fascinating because uh, when we showed up, they were he and Nick Ford were the first ones in there. Britton was the first one up to interview. And it very much felt like a coach-in-waiting-ish kind of situation. He's been available to the media a lot lately, uh, mostly because I think he is so good at providing the insight, but also uh, he, he has uh, a very polished uh, perspective uh, when he's when he's speaking. So, And if you're looking for something to be polished off, may I suggest a Built Bar? Nine delicious flavors. That's coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, Cookies and cream, all my favorites. 
You can get all nine of those in a mixed box if you like, or you can get uh, a single box of all those from the Built Bar website. You want to go there because they're delicious, but also they're healthy for you. As, you, as we mentioned before, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories for most bars, four grams of sugar, uh, four grams of net carbs, and just nothing but good taste. I love Built Bar. Uh, I'm not trading Built Bar in anytime soon. And if you feel the same way, go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15, again, for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. As the season gets closer and closer, you're going to want to prepare yourself accordingly for every Saturday. One way that you need to go about doing that is going to BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football season is coming up in full swing. You have summer league games. Baseball is going on. There are some preseason NFL games. There's so much sports going on. There's no need to go anywhere else. Just go to be, go to betonline.ag for all your sporting needs, sportsbooks needs, whatever it is. Uh, head on over there. You can use your laptop or your mobile device, uh, handheld, whatever it is. If you've got a BlackBerry, you could probably use a BlackBerry to sign up for it. It's great. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. As teams get ready for the seasons, head to the website. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. There's nothing else out there quite like this. It's a 50% 5-0 bonus for your first deposit. Simple maths, folks. If you put in $100, you get $150. You get $50 that you can mess around with. You can put money on, uh, I don't know. Uh, what color pants some team is wearing because they have all sorts of fun prop bets uh, there on uh, betonline.ag. So go to betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Wrapping things up here on the Locked On Utes podcast, courtesy of the Locked On Podcast Network, we're going to hear from Nick Ford now. And and I thought Nick, uh, Nick had one of my more favorite interviews without a doubt. Um, it was... Uh, <laughs> Mixed in a little bit of humor, which is also true Nick Ford uh, style, but also I think he was just very um, insightful and uh, talked a little bit about the offensive line, pass protection struggles, everything like that, and how they've improved on that this year. So without further delay, here is Nick Ford with his comments after the scrimmage on Saturday. Would you agree with your head coach's assessment that the offense had a good day today? There's no doubt in that. I mean, from running the ball to passing the ball, um, offensive lines, pass pro to generate a movement, the running backs being physical and um, being elegant in the open field and our receivers just running out there and a quarterback slinging it. It was, it was an amazing day. How do you feel like the offensive line is gelling so far this year? Uh, really good. Uh, we're uh, Since we've been in the system so long, we've got a lot of vets in the room. Um, we're understanding a lot a lot of more things, and it's more sophisticated than it's base plays. So, now you have um, people looking at the secondary, looking at the corners, looking at rotations, looking at you know alignments, press versus soft, and it's um, it's given us a lot of upside, and you can definitely see that uh, from a player's perspective um, when we're all on the same page functioning. How would you assess Bam's play so far through camp, and what are you doing to help him? He said he's kind of leaning on you a little bit as a veteran, a guy who played left tackle a little bit, but you know, his play and how you're helping him out. Uh, my main thing with Bam is his mental. Um, yeah, as long as his mental straight, he's good. And he has, he has really good mental, and he doesn't really let things bother him. 
but always just being a reminder, being, hey, bam, I'm right here with you, bam, I'm right here. You know, if he ever messes up on anything, I'll go ahead and talk to him, and, you know, give him my little advice and stuff because I have one at the left tackle, I trained with Harding, I trained with Garrett Ball, so I know a few things here and there. So I feel like uh, just talking to him level-headed and not coming from like a per, uh, coach's perspective, kind of like levels him out and gets him in the right state of mind to play. Yeah, Nick, you're a, a guy who's now at center, but you've played mm -hmm. literally all over the offensive line. As kind of a leader of this unit, how does that help you, I guess, facilitate everything with the other guys? Um, it makes it fun and easy uh, because, you know, I'm not going to go – I'm not gonna have a D lineman come tell me what to do. Like I play offensive line, I'm not gonna have a tight end go tell a tight end, "Hey, this is how you run a stair route." You know what right. I mean? So having that experience, and it's not just practice experience; it's that game time, live rep experience, and applying all the techniques at the different positions. I think they, uh, the more film that we watched over the years, they kind of understood that like I'm more of a technician and I could play at those spots uh, technique wise. So um, they're physical guys, and then they just listen to my little cues on the techniques and apply it to themselves, and then ball out. Can you give the tight end some advice though? Hey, it was, it was, it was, 2018, I was in the jumbo package, so I mean, <laughs> I see, I'll teach him how to, you know, do a little down block or something. <laughs> Outside of Andy Ludwig, nobody probably has a closer relationship with the quarterbacks than uh -huh. you do. How's, how's that developing, and, and what are you seeing for both Cam and Charlie right now? It's good. They're uh, very, very, very similar in their terms of controlling the offense. Um, you know, Charlie's open up to the team. He's a funny guy. He's kind of a sneaky, funny, like Coach Ludd. Um, Cam's been around. He's funny as hell. Um, they both, you know, run well, throw well. I mean, it was a couple of days ago when we're, I was watching film, and I was like, wait, oh, I didn't even, I didn't even remember Cam just had surgery. Like he was slinging the ball all over the place. So, I mean, it's good. And then me just being the jokester I am, going like under the center, I'll put my left hand back and tickle their hand and stuff. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're a good time. Seems like most linemen like it when quarterbacks get rid of the ball quick. So, both of them get it out? They get it out when they need to. I mean, need be. There's, there's a difference in drop back pass versus quick pass and cover zero pressure versus cover one pressure and whatnot and flipping the protections. So, I feel like they both have really good feel for the pocket, and our offensive line is exponentially better in pass pro, and especially recognizing blitz and twist. That's been our main focus because we understand we're a physical group, and that's why a lot of people blitz and twist against us. So now us understanding the concept of the defense and getting in front of them is allowing the quarterbacks more time, and they're both calm back there. Nick, what's changed with that pass pro? Last year was somewhat of a weakness, obviously COVID and other things that way, but. That's been a lot of the, a lot of the talk over the last little bit. What, what's changed? Uh, well, we knew, one, we could run the ball. That's that's no question about it. We're big physical guys, got big physical backs. So we uh, just emphasize we got to give these guys time. We got to pass for it. We got to, you know, we got to take the uh, the pass game as serious as we do the run game, right? Same mentality. So, I mean, just instilling that mentality every day. Um, and I think one of the biggest thing is, like, is really just that mentality because we go from, blocking and we're expecting to break the huddle, get up five yards, lock our guy out, give the quarterback time to throw, and they're expecting us to be the one picking up the ball carry at the end of it. So we're just taking a lot of pride in making sure that it's applied every single day and every single down that our boys in the backfield don't get touched. Nick, you used an interesting word to describe the running backs, man. You called them elegant in the open field, mm -hmm. right? So how, how have those guys been looking now that the pads are coming on? Uh, good. So like, like I said, they're powerful runners, but they're also elegant. I mean, if it's third and short, I mean, RIP my back, they're going in, so we're going to get into the touchdown. Um, they'll bury their shoulder. Um, 
the famous question I asked the running backs when I first met them is, all right, so it's the cover zero blitz. You meet Devin one-on-one in the hole. What are you doing? Yeah, I'm burying my shoulder. Every single one of them burying my shoulder. That's what I love about them. But then you see them get out, and they're running with their shoulders down. And then as soon as they break through that first and second level, they rise up and start sprinting. They all can move really fast. And by the time they get to the safety, if they need to run through them, they'll run through them. And if they want to juke around them, they can juke around them. So, I mean, they know what they want to do to the guys they're doing it to. Obviously, you know, it's touch and go with talking about who's really the, the main one, taking uh-huh. more of the reps and everything. But do you feel like there's one or two really separating themselves from the group right now? I have no idea, and I am not lying to the media on this one. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like they all have their own, Just like, little quirks. I mean, Tavion, he's really blossoming right now. Chris, he's a big old running back. Uh, Makai's grown a lot from last year, and TJ is just, you know, quick and can move, and he's uh, surprisingly more physical than I thought he would for a little guy. Like, he will truck some dudes. So, I mean, they all they all can really play. That's, that's I think, the scariest part. It's going to be the same situation when we open up and say, all right, well, who's going to make the plays more? Like, it's, you know, it's, our backfield is scary. Final question for Nick. Nick, there's been a lot of talk about comparing this group to the 2019 group. Mm-hmm. What do you see out of this group that maybe you guys could be special down the road? Um, the same thing kind of what Covey said is the leaders in every room is a leader. Um, and not, not only that, the uh, young guys are starting to understand that they could lead each other and, you know, build from the bottom up because we're only as strong as our le- uh, weakest link. And um, just the mentality that we have every day. I mean, we were in half pads the other day and Coach had to end one of the periods early because we went live and we were smacking each other. And so physicality is what Coach Whip preaches and is what will be received every Saturday to whoever we play. And um, just the understanding of the offense, the understanding of the defense, the understanding of, you know, where to put certain players and how to make the best out of them. And, um, yeah, it's the leadership and just the talent and fundamental work that we all have is we're playing full 22-man football, 11 on offense, 11 on defense, and including special teams too because that's a big part. So, I mean, we're, we're playing 11-man football every time we're on the field. For clarification purposes, can you tell us what you were lying to us about earlier? <laughs> <laughs> I said I was <laughs> All righty, there you have it, Nick Ford, with some comments from media availability on Saturday after the scrimmage. Uh, I thought it was interesting the way that he, first off, big realization that he was once a part of one of the jumbo packages. That was exciting to hear. But Josh Furlong asking him a few questions about pass protection and whatnot, and Nick's response is how the team has grown. I think that was refreshing to hear but he also he was honest about a lot of it as he mentioned you know not always honest apparently uh as as bill riley tried to uncover in um the best bill riley fashion no uh but some good commentary there from nick ford i think the offensive line is progressing well i think it's coming along well with the offenses as a whole and there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic around there so uh, didn't quite get to uh, everything that we wanted to get to today. We'll talk a little bit more next show uh, about the defensive side, some some comments from Devin Lloyd and, and Mika Tafua, as well as talking about some Utes in the NFL, pro Utes, hashtag pro Utes, and some other news and notes from around the department. This has been today's episode of the Locked on Utes podcast for Monday, August 16th, 2021, and we will talk to you again tomorrow.